You're listening to the B&H Photography Podcast. For over 40 years, B&H has been the professional source for photography, video, audio, and more. For your favorite gear, news, and reviews, visit us at bnh.com or download the BNH app to your iPhone or Android device. Now here's your host, Alan White. Greetings and welcome to the BNH Photography Podcast. Today's topic is collaborations, specifically the collaborative dynamics between photographers and models in the workday world of beauty and fashion photography. Michael Sanders started in London in the 90s, shooting for legendary British fashion magazines, including the Face, ID, and Arena. He's a regular contributor to Italian L magazine, and his work can also be found in the international editions of Vogue, Glamour, and Marie Claire. And in the June issue of USL, look for a series he shot with model Haley Baldwin on the beaches of St. Lucia. We have the copy right here uh, on the table. Hot off the presses. Hot off the presses. The ink was dripping off his hands. (laughs) Um, Based on her accent, I'd say Jane Moore is from Canarsu and maybe Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, I'm not sure. It's different from Michael's Greenpoint brogue. (laughs) Okay, Jane is a native of Hampshire, England, and is represented by IMG models. Okay, so I'm getting into the flow. (laughs) Okay, she has appeared in ads for DKNY, Gilly Hicks, Calvin Klein, and L'Oreal, and in magazines such as Cosmopolitan, Marie Claire and L. She's worked with photographers such as Annie Leibovitz, Dean Isidro, Pamela Hansen, and of course, Michael Sanders. Jane is also a jewelry designer and runs her own business, Thorn of an English Rose. And like many of our guests on previous episodes, she has also studied at SVA. I'm a grad too. Nice. Welcome, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. What's your definition of a good model? That's a very good question. I think we uh, should appropriately define our terms. Mm. I think a fashion model, a beauty model, a model working within the fashion industry is someone, uh, he, she, or other, who um, uh, represents the fashion in the magazine, the campaign, uh, and tries to embody, uh, characterize, and narrate the story that the advertiser or the magazine wants to say. Um, so is there is a fashion right? shoot without a model? There are fashion shoots without models, yes. Uh, there are loads of still life sort of beauty mm-hmm. accessory shoots. Um, but usually a human element is is uh, is fun, right? Yeah. I mean, I think other human beings relate quite and, well to that. And what about you? You'd, you'd kind of mentioned beauty and fashion. Is there, can you distinguish or, or can you guys point to distinctions between a model that would work for a beauty shoot or yes, a fashion I, I, shoot? I think is there something technically beauty is above the, is above the, above mm. the neck, above yeah. the, Shoulders. maybe even above the torso actually, mm. because yeah. there's all that, like sort jewelry of, and uh, skin care yeah. products and sun cream mm-hmm. right, right. and all of that stuff that would allow Hair, for whole yeah. bodies, naked bodies, skin and all of that stuff. Mm. And yeah. have you done both? And I have actually, yeah. And and how would you describe the what you need to do? How do you approach one compared to Jane? Um, can I just say before we yeah, before you get into course. it, how beautiful you look today, oh, well, <laughs> guys? <laughs> yes. Would you not concur? Yes. And you look lovely uh, yeah. also. Thank you so <laughs> much. Yeah. You, you really do. Seriously. That's yeah. so lovely of you. I'm not sure. It might be the headsets. I'm not sure. You're glowing. You're glowing wearing, in this I'm light. I'm wearing my hunter boots. And it's just, you like them, huh? I do, I do. Feels like home. <laughs> I'm a sucker for wellies. 
right. I don't even know why we're here. Let's get out. <laughs> Wait, I'm looking up wellies. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rubber boot. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. a rubber boot. Well, um, is right. there a difference? Yes, there is. I would say fashion. It's funny, actually, because fashion generally is more high energy or ed- editorial because you are bringing a, a sense of energy unless they want something very static and stagnant, which is difficult in its own right actually fashion you're moving you're bringing a lot of life bringing anime like energy and animation to the clothes beauty tends to be a lot more Mm. still and static and you've got a much narrower field to work in that can actually be harder sometimes because sometimes you're going for the and i'm swizzling around in my chair now but the the over the shoulder because you're showing a bit of the dewy skin and this and if if you're doing that for a long time especially when it used to be film i'm showing Mm. my age but you could get a real, I remember doing a job for Revlon forever ago and it was such a great technically easy job but I was looking over one shoulder mm. and giving like heavy side eye for the whole day and I felt like I need to like spend the rest of the train ride looking the other, the other way. way. <laughs> to balance out. Because, yeah. yeah, so they have Crick different neck, challenges. I think it's called <laughs> Yeah. 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 Um, beauty tends to have an intensity and you're working much kind of closer and more intimately. So it is a very different feel. So getting back to this idea of the, the clothes and fashion and, and moving with them and making the clothes, is that is that always what you're thinking about as a photographer and as a model, how the clothes are appearing? Yeah, yeah I think it always sure. it always starts with, with the clothes. It always starts with the job in hand, which is selling the clothes mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and, and finding someone who can best embody that and show them off to their best aspect yeah really Uh, and whether that's a cool girl or a elegant girl or a young girl um there are obviously there's there's a whole world out there of of subtle differentiation you Um, say you say that it's it's the clothing mm, that's the job that's the job it it is however when you talk about what is you always talk about who is in the clothing well well, that's the human hands, aspect, right? yes. Yeah. But I mean, clothing is so enormously powerful, and I think that's why fashion is and always will be so important. If I walked in here this morning with a ball gown or a suit or a pretty dress, your immediate response to me or assumptions about me would have – it was very instinctual. Without meaning to, that is something we project and how we dress. Like, I am looking a little bit like a farmer today. So I shoved a suit jacket on there, so at least it looked like chic farmer. Um, but <laughs> – but it's, it's pretty powerful, and I think that's it's true with a client as well when I'm going to meet a client. If I know what they want, I'll look them up, I'll see kind of what their vibe is. If I know they're looking for like grungy street and cool, that's how I'll turn up to the casting because that's what they're looking for, and you have to be able to bring that to life. If they're wanting something very ladylike, very feminine, that's how I'll show up. I'll show my more womanly side. And it's the same thing when you're on set. You know, if you're wearing a pair of wide legs, slouchy pants with like kicks and big pockets, and you've got to have this like urban street style, you have to bring that, and the clothes will will show that. But your your energy and your how you're you're working it is really what's going to carry them off. Well, something you just mentioned that you 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 do your homework. You you look your client up and say yeah. who are they, what do they do. Do you ever get this kind of information from your your the agency that calls you saying, hey, we just got a call, we want you to go down? Do they feed any of this to you? They'll give you as much as they have. You'd be surprised sometimes just how little is known, especially in the realm of like confidentiality. If, if a client's working on kind of a new concept or doing something kind of cool, they won't want to give too much away. Right. Um, especially now everything's like documented on social media too. Um, but you'll often know... The photographer that's behind the project, um, who you're meeting in terms of like client or casting office, 
and the company. Um, so I'll often have a Google. I did one recently and they had about nine companies under their belt. And I was, and they were such a vast spectrum. And I'm like, oh my God, who am I in this? Like, so I kind of had to pick a team. I was like, all right, I'm guessing that I fit into this box and this box. So I'm going to going to go rock in that look. Just going to wear something gold, something new, something blue, <laughs> something blue. And just Precisely. <laughs> Precisely. And in, in the sense of the photographer, when you first meet the model, uh, how do you tell that she or he will be able to do that with the clothes, that they're going to bring something more than just uh, mm, yes. you know, a pretty face, uh, et cetera, et cetera. How well, you- before actually meeting the model, you're aware, um, I am uh, aware already of what the fashion editor wants to do, uh, what the, the, the theme of the shoot is for that particular issue. Uh, so I have all of that already in mind. Uh, and the casting process is the most exciting in a sense when you get it right or you feel that there's someone that you can be inspired by to, to make it happen for you. So I will go online and I'll go on models.com and I will and I will also perhaps even have an idea of the kind of girl already in my head. Uh, and uh, so I would have all of this photographic reference in terms of the model's book online or models.com or her i'll then go to her instagram account no no forget the agency Uh for this for for direct immediate access of who that girl is you always go to instagram Mm. nowadays Mm. because it's unfiltered it's totally unfiltered this (laughs) is the girl in her own life and Um, how i'm sorry how aware are you of that isn't instagram being more than just it's huge it's huge it's something that i kind of had to at first I was like nah I didn't have a Facebook forever and I was like no I'm really not into this um but now I know a lot like clients would book me purely off my Instagram or they'd be like they'd they'd show references they'd have references on the board when we walked in like makeup references and hair references and style clothing and it would all be from my Instagram um and so that that's when I was kind of like all right I mean I'm still no expert at it um it's though. really hard and, and you quite... self curate that i mean you, you do that yourself yeah right? it so is and it's, it's it's almost like a full-time business yeah. and that's really hard because i mean I, I know couples that nail it and they basically they go on holiday together and the whole holiday is a photo shoot i mm-hmm. like to down tools mm-hmm. i like to really lose my phone and just like switch off and i don't think you can do that as much anymore you got to be kind of documenting everything and that is that's pretty demanding, but it's so important. And you, do you think about how you're going to blend in some professional shoots with your personal stuff too to keep it Yeah, I try and keep a balance, for, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's not even touching on the importance of the following that Instagram is all about mm-hmm. and models getting booked Only on numbers. jobs purely on numbers and it's very obvious why. I mean, yeah. there's an audience and uh, people are fans of models um, like never before in that way. Let's jump back to where you were before. I didn't yes. mean to cut you off about of about this, the you know, the the process as you go through it. Yes, that's there. right. Yeah. Okay, so what would typically ha- typically happen for an L shoot is I will get a call or an email uh, from the fashion editor who will say we're going to do this about white shirts and whatever. It can be whatever, literally, uh, and maybe the idea of a location to go with it. Um, so you have uh, the location, you have the mood, uh, and then really it's up to me and them to do the casting. And Ita- Italianel um, primarily uh, have a casting director who they talk to. Uh, but I also do my own homework. And um, ultimately, I think the magazine defer to the photographer. 
um, because at the end of the day, we're the ones who have to make it happen on the day. Um, and it can all be made or broken uh, in that in that respect. It's very important, if you possibly can, to actually meet the person. So you have all of this, you have all the Instagram stuff, and you even have videos today on Instagram because people are doing Instagram Live. So you have a really quite fleshed out sense of who these people are, human beings are in their own lives. But meeting one-on-one -on -one in, the, in the flesh, uh, there's no substitute really for that because you can have uh, nasty sorts of surprises on shoots sometimes. And there's a lot of money put into them. And they're on location, often very far-flung places. And the model gets off the plane and then you there's that moment of anticipation when you're going to meet in the foyer of the hotel or at dinner or whatever. <laughs> and really, if you haven't met before, it's, oh, what's she going to look like? Is she going to be great? And and there's a huge sense of relief mm -hmm. when you have met the person and you mm -hmm. have the feeling that yeah. everything's going to be okay. What percentage of, the, of your assignment work these days do you know already have working experience with the model, the key model at least, and, what, and for you, what percentage of the photographers are photographers that you already have a good working relationship with? This isn't even an issue anymore. Or you know how to manage it if it is. Well, fashion is all about the here and now. So models are always changing. That's the excitement. That's the fun okay. of my job anyway, mm -hmm. is that there's a new season. There's a the turn of the page. And there are new designers, uh, new designs. And new faces, always, always a complete deluge of new, fresh faces to be inspired by for that particular season. Fashion is about the here and now. It's about imagining the future. It's about that sort of dialectic between what's cool now and what's cool tomorrow and where you are uh, at a given moment. So it's you're often working with somebody that you've never yeah, worked with before like or to. maybe even I mean, never there, there, So met. for me, I'd say yeah. it's 50-50. I'd say yeah. I've got photographers that pull me into a lot of jobs. Um just because they know what I bring and they'll, right. they'll know the client and they'll be like, oh yeah, I've worked with Jane a bunch, she'll be great for this job. So I have kind of those regulars and that's always nice because you form this sense of family. That's true. And mm -hmm. you know yeah. what they're about. And there's also photographers that I work with quite a bit because the client's like both of us and I don't gel with. And I'm just kind of like, I know how this is going to, it's never, it's never bad, but I'll be like, okay, we, we've got a different synchronicity or, or we've just got a different sense of humor and it, you just kind of know what's going to come. And then, like you say, there's other jobs where it's, you go in in blind, especially when you're working with foreign clients mm. and you really have no idea what to expect. And, and you're right, there is that moment of like, how is this going to go? <laughs> but to go back to, to what Jane just said. There is a comfort and there is a huge satisfaction if you have developed a really successful mm. working relationship with uh, a model sure. yeah. and you've done it uh, many times before yeah. mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. all of the anxiety is taken away right. and then you get to right. know the person and you think, oh, yes, she'd be great for this. And then you can enjoy it each time and deepen yeah. that and add colors to it and then play with what can we do this time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, it becomes a lot more so fun, that's, actually. that's probably actually more satisfying mm -hmm. than the just the quick the quicker right. thrill of right. the, the the brand new. So let's talk about the the go sees. Is that what they're called uh, when you first meet a model? Yes. Uh, and you don't always get that opportunity, I no, guess. No, you don't. And let's talk about why you wouldn't. Okay. You probably wouldn't. I, uh, I I try, but often the model is not even in the country, mm. or the model's on a job elsewhere, so mm -hmm. she's physically unable to be there mm -hmm. because they work a lot. Uh, but also 
there's the idea of status. And mm. um, if a model is well known enough, it's like an, an actor in Hollywood. Sure. They yeah. don't all Doesn't read. Need to go for the casting. <laughs> <laughs> they don't all have to audition because obviously we want them, uh, and 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 it's a given due to their status and popularity and mm -hmm. fame and, and all the rest of it that you would want to work with them because they're a proven... And that's all arranged to some degree before it even comes to you from the 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 client, the the agency. They say, well, this she may be available for this. And and you say, okay, let's get her because... Yes, exactly, because you a, want a, her. Right. I mean, you want her. Mm -hmm. You want her because she's known. You yeah. want her because you're excited by her because she's known. Mm -hmm. You want her because she's hot. Mm -hmm. she's, you know, that's how it works. Mm -hmm. So um, you take what you're given at that Mm -hmm. point <laughs> and but you're again, happy that's for changed it changed a little bit because i mean i was talking about this with a couple of girlfriends recently once upon a time you would get to a city and your agency would literally have ghosties lined up for you because you were usually out of town and this photographer and this photographer and this photographer wants to meet you and this magazine's been asking about you so you spend a couple of days like seeing everybody just to like make these introductions because you're going to be out and bouncing around again and and it's those that used to have a follow-up for later and now it's very very different now there's less go-sees I would say than ever before because there's more models than ever before um, and, and a lot of clients and photographers are inundated by lesser known girls that agencies are really trying to get in everywhere um, or are trying to wiggle themselves in you know it's a new new space and now a lot more is done on social media um, so again it comes back around to that the importance of Instagram like now a photographer can't meet a girl because she's away Instagram says go to, watches her stories, where is she, what's she doing, all right, she's looking good, her skin's looking great, she's shooting for this, oh, she just walked this moment, you know. How, so. how does Instagram, if I may just ask, we're coming to Instagram a lot here now, mm. and you are represented by an agency, mm -hmm. now you're being approached by clients and photographers through your efforts in Instagram, but still you're connected to the agency. Is there a compensation for that stuff or is it still being basically that you are part of the agency and regardless of how I'm, the job came to you? Yeah, I'm part of the agency regardless. If someone reaches out to me on Instagram, I'll always defer them to my okay. agency. Um, maybe because I'm old school, but also I've got a lot of respect for IMG. IMG protect me as a brand. Um, okay. They protect me as a company. They have my best interest. They are responsible for negotiating my rate, making sure I'm taken care of, Um the legitimacy of the client. So they'll do all the back end. They'll do the research. They'll be booking my flights. I want that taken care of. That's why I pay them a percentage. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, The second yeah. it's you on your your own, I think you leave yourself wide open for a lot of risky things that could happen. You know, there's only so much research you can do. Um, you're less uh, protected. You don't have a huge corporation behind you with all their legal support and, and intelligence, really. Um, so for me, I I wouldn't go rogue, but a lot of girls are. A lot of girls. So are essentially, money. Instagram is just a uh, an advanced form of handing out a it's business card. It's a live card. portfolio. Yeah, that's it. It's okay. a living portfolio. And it's great, good for everybody, basically. Mm. Okay. And to kind of follow up on Alan's question to some degree, how what percentage uh, of the shoots have you even met the the model beforehand? Uh, Not even worked prior, but just even met. Uh, probably seventy five percent. Haven't met. Haven't met. Oh, okay. Really? Wow. Really? Yeah. Okay. Nowadays. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. for all the reasons we yeah. just outlined. So then, what what does that that first meeting, the go see, uh, provide to you? Okay. When you get the go see, yeah. and and are we seeing that this might be a bit of a thing of the past? It could very well be the end of that type mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. Although it's sad. I think it'll always have some sort of power. 
Yeah, and there's nothing like the human contact yeah. of actually meeting a person. This is kind of what I want to get at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, doesn't the collaboration start kind of at that moment? It really I mean, can yeah. do. Anyway, it, what it can does. you what it can does. you glean from the interaction? Even the yeah. way you walk, and and uh, as we were talking about the clothes before, and how you someone might move with the clothes, or, or yes. at least have the understanding. And of, forget about the clothes for a second. Just about being human animals. Right. Uh, meeting, greeting, and yeah. going on that human dance of two people assessing uh, each other's it's energy so and vibe, and whether they, and whether you else, like right? them. I yeah. mean, it's like the se- the usual, yeah. very subtle cues that human beings have. Yeah, absolutely. It, and how sophisticated that mechanism is. So, can either of you speak to or th- remember a time where it all seemed like it was great, and then you had that sit down and like, uh, uh-uh, uh, this is not going to work. It's pretty immediate, actually, when you walk in and you meet somebody. It's, it's that, you know, when you meet a friend's friend or a colleague, you get this kind of like, ooh, either stickiness of like, something's off here or a rudeness or there's that immediate banter and you get this back and forth and you're like, oh, yeah, this person's cool. One thing I will say, and you might be surprised this doesn't happen more, but advice to any photographers that are doing castings and ghosties, get a camera out. I'm amazed when I meet clients and they don't take photos. I'm always like, how and why? This is absurd. Get a girl in front of the camera because that's where I come to life. Like, you know, you even can meet in that, me. Even at that go see? Even at a, a simple meeting like that? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can meet you and we can have any kind of back and forth and banter. But I've worked with other models. They're freaking gorgeous. They come to set and you're like, wow. Um, getting the clothes, amazing. They're like wet fish on on or dead fish on set. They they don't move. They don't have an animation. They don't know how to carry their body. They don't know how to work with another model. And I'm always like, how did it come to that? Like, just stick a girl in front of a wall and take take some shots and just see how she moves. See how she uses her angle. See how she uses her resources. Give her a stool. Give her like the edge of a wall and just see, like she how she comes to life. Mm-hmm. And I'm su- always surprised when it doesn't happen. And do you do? That I tend time? not. I'm forgetful, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. generally. Really? That's yeah. interesting. But, yeah. but because I'm so involved in getting to know them uh-huh. a bit more deeply, yeah. as is my want. Yeah. So I'm going for the other stuff because okay. you have the, all of the pictures that they've taken mm-hmm. that you've seen on their book, mm-hmm. uh, and you've seen in their Instagram account. So I'm really at that point going, well, does she? Is she? What kind of girl is she? Mm-hmm. Uh, and do I like her? Mm-hmm. And 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 I think the photographer has to bear responsibility always, mm. always on set and then before and at any time for defining and sort of um, leading the way in how things go. I think a lot of times it's the relaxed uh, the, the relaxed approach mm. of yeah. the photographer. If the photographer is nice and yeah. open and determines the vibe of the, of charming the set, mm-hmm. and lovely like me. <laughs> <laughs> then already there's a kind of you've broken all sorts of barriers down to begin with yeah uh and you can start to have and if a you're bit on, more if fun. you're on a, a big shoot and there's you know the agency and the clients and the creatives and all the crew it's the photographer that determines that vibe is it is that true to say i i th- I, I think it is but again everyone let's stress this uh for your listeners that everyone is an individual we're mm. all incredibly different in uh, in infinite ways. Mm-hmm. So what works for one person might not work for another. Yeah. yeah. You know, someone like Stephen Mizell, the great Stephen Mizell, is very controlled. And, you you know, there were all these sort of, I don't know if they were urban myths, but this, you didn't look at Stephen, you didn't get <laughs> eye contact. Um, that, it's, like, it's like Alan. Yes, Same that he, oh, yeah. he, he shrouded yeah. him, like you, Alan, a bit mm-hmm. diva. 
Yeah, that yeah, he shrouded yeah. his. I set. actually have mirrored sunglasses. <laughs> They're mirrored on the inside. <laughs> okay. That he he created this for himself, mm-hmm. a sort of protective cocoon. Yeah. Um, which was very effective. If you're a shy person, and let's face it, photographers are like other human beings too. I have two mottos. Photographers are humans mm-hmm. and models are humans too. Okay. You know? Uh, and I think it's whatever works for you, whatever strategies, whatever coping mechanisms, whatever mm-hmm. gifts that you're, that you're pushing or, or, or problems that you're trying to hide to make it all work in a working situation because mm. this is a very professional environment right. at the end of the day. Right. And, 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 but it's, interestingly enough, it's it's made up of people who happen to be hyper everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, There's the no fashion as, people tend to be yeah, a, bit, interesting. a bit different. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You Which know, I, they're like everybody else, only more so. <laughs> How's that? Yes, exactly. We're all weird. <laughs> We're all weird in our, in our own yeah, ways. So I, it's actually one of my favorite things about working on set is the dynamics of characters that you get. I mean, one thing I will say, and massive credit to photographers, I would say that they're the, they're the buffer between the client's vision, the art director's way of working and their vision, and then the model. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it done wrong and I've seen it done really right where I'm like, oh, God bless you. Because they're the one that's got to take this message and translate it on set. And a photographer can bring a girl to life or really shut her down. Mm -hmm. And it's very much, and we can, I'm sure we'll touch on this later, but it's very much on how they talk to you, um, how they encourage you, just the rhythm that you get into. If, If a client is coming back with harsh feedback, like, you know what, she just isn't like looking good in that jacket. Maybe we mm. should move her to a different outfit. If that's delivered to the model and you insert that little realm of, oh, something's up, something's wrong, someone's not happy, it can mess with the the kilter. It can mess with the energy. So the photographer is really so powerful and, you know, needs to respect that power of how they can translate the message and keep the momentum. Mm-hmm. And are you always... Is it always photographer to model? I mean, would, would you ever go through, uh, I don't know, the agent if they're on set or the mm. creative director or somebody to give direction? I no mean, time if, for that. if it's, you're it's, far away, then there's sometimes runners mm, in between. Right, I mean, I worked with Annie Leibovitz and we were, it was very cool. We were in Grand Central at night and she was like high up on, you know, with the steps mount and she was up there behind and I think they were shooting even film. Um, so... I mean, there was people with megaphones because we were like at the other end, but there was about 10 people that a message went through. So sometimes you you can't be so personable. There were two things I, I want to talk about that I think are really important for any aspiring models, and that's to sort of try to define what makes a good model. And over all of these years that I've been working, for me, it really just does ba- uh, boil down to, at its essence, a willingness to give of yourself. Because ultimately, the model gives. The model makes the picture. I always think uh, that the model has the real power on the Mm. set because she gives or doesn't give. And so a willingness, the kind of personality that is enthusiastic to give. People pleasers, I mean, I'm a people pleaser too. I want to give my client a great picture. I want to do well for my magazine or whoever. I want to do the best job I possibly can. But I think the the model has to want to be part of that process and have to really care to the degree that she will keep giving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's her spirit, it's her energy, it's her body 
sold the whole package Mate. in an effort just and to is, give. Is and that that's a, if you, if they're if they're giving, if that's the their, their basic sort of mo in in life, then they will do much much better than those who aren't or who are a bit more ego based. Mm. You have to be willing, like great actors, to take yeah. risks to be. Relaxed to be funny, to be ridiculous, not to be uh, afraid of being a fool, not yeah. to have that self consciousness. To get out of your comfort zone. To get out of your comfort zone, but all in this greater desire to give of yourself. Yeah. You're a chameleon. It's like, what is the vision? What can we create? All right, I'm going to run with that. And it's not even about you anymore. It's literally about, I mean, you're always bringing something of yourself. That's obviously a given, but it's how you can adapt to it, how you can create this image. It, it's pretty mm. exciting. So for you young models, it? so for young models out there, because I don't believe agencies tell models what modeling is and what the job entails. So I think it's up to themselves to glean over years of experience what that is. But I'm telling you now to save all of that time, give. Enjoy giving. If you don't like giving, if you're a bit mean with your energy, if you're a bit ego bound, mm. then maybe it's not for you. I mean, uh, you don't want to be taken advantage of. You don't want to be put in, in in compromising situations. But that basic fundamental wanting to give of yourself, have a go, right? And creating. Owning, and create. owning the project as your own. Yeah. Do you have uh, any problems? I'm sure there are times when there's an, uh, an outfit or dresser or whatever it is that you look and you go, oh, my God, that's mm -hmm. horrific. Mm -hmm. Are you able to get past that and still – be yourself and, and give life to this thing which you wouldn't be quite dead in otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> of course it happens. I mean, sometimes it's just something I would never wear, but it, I can recognize that it's cool. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, all right, let's step into that character. And that character is usually pretty fun. Um, I, I love okay. it when people push me into categories that I don't, you know, I'm, I'm blonde-haired, blue-eyed, um, quite classic looking. I love it when I get something like urban streetwear or like a slick black eye and like grungy beat so down. So then you coal miner, yeah. yeah <laughs> love that. Love the coal miner chic because <laughs> I own it and it it's cool. It's like a different element of myself and I really, really like that. Sometimes when you're shooting something really bizarro, you just you just do you. Pretend you're really not wearing it just at all. Just think what you could do with the money once you cash that check. You it? just put yourself <laughs> in your own clothing yeah. in a way and just bring you. And it comes alive. It's amazing. It's amazing how many things you look at and you're like, what? And then you see them on and you're like, all right, that worked. You know. And the basic principle is the same because if you're a giver, you realize that the problem is that this is a bit of an ugly or bland or whatever mm. outfit. And therefore, you're responsible for making that live. Making and it work. Making it yeah. work yeah. and yeah. Want, wanting to but make how do it you, work. How do you get that sense that a model can do that in, in a first meeting or, you know, well, in, that, in order to There is to a slight yeah. leap of faith, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. again, you have the body of work that she's already right. created. That's why I say get a camera out, though, because I've seen girls with amazing books. Or like if I if I get a call sheet and there's other models on the list, you know, I'll check them out, see who they are. And sometimes I'm like, wow, like that book is killer. And then on set, I'm, I don't understand. I don't mm. understand how those shots got made. But it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Because you just need that one shot. The freaking right. shot got made. Mm -hmm. sure, sure. And, True. and I think the greatest models are the ones who are able to solve those problems of making that dress look freaking great, make a great picture, 
as quickly and efficiently as possible, please. Mm. See, I would say the greatest photographer is the one that can pull it out of a girl because it's a two-way tango. So it's a collaborative. It, it really, is, really is. 100%. Which is what we're going to dig a lot into going a little more in the second half. You talk a lot about uh, what you bring to the table. And at the end of the day, the garment, as beautiful or bland as it might be, is an inanimate object. Mm. And your job is to bring life to it and to make it come alive. And that's through a form of acting. And I'm thinking even a form of dance in yeah. a way because it's movement because you, you have to move your body to show off the facets and attributes of whatever this garment is. How many models have dance experience? I didn't know a number in regards to dance experience, but I would say dancing is huge. It just teaches um, an understanding of movement. It teaches an understanding of like body parts. One feedback I get consistently from photographers, they're like, wow, you know your body so well. Yeah. You know, you know, when a hand's not showing or when your fingers are doing, you know, strange mm -hmm. things. There's yeah. a lot that is always happening and a photographer is always scanning. Not only is the clothing working the way he wants it to work, not only is the lighting got to be on point, but you've, you've got to watch all these things that can happen. You hands know? are hard, aren't they? What do you do with your hands if you don't Right, and that's something? one thing ballet teaches you. Your hands are enormous. They are never not the focus. Your hands don't get to slack, any form of contemporary ballet. Um, and so I, I look back now and I'm like, thank God I had that. Over and above all of that stuff that dance teaches you in the body facet, it also teaches you a sense of discipline mm -hmm. and uh, work ethic. Mm -hmm. A good example is that on the last shoot that I did with Haley Baldwin, mm -hmm. she had grown up doing a lot of dance. And so that actually was the point, the jump off point for the inspiration for the kind of pictures that I wanted to do with her physically, to use that physical prowess. Mm -hmm. There's a picture, a double page spread where she's doing a back bend on the beach. It's not something that everybody can do, right. but someone who's done gymnastics and dance has that flexibility, that strength. And above all with Haley, it was the ability to do it again and again and again. again, and again not, and that again, yeah. not that many times, because I'm yeah. really fast. But the ability to have the stamina, the chi energy that having a dancer's cellular makeup of, of being able to work mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, teaches you. And the lack of ego involved, you know, again. So I, I give Haley all the props in the world. Do photographers' personalities change when they have a camera in front of them? Um, hmm. I don't think personality changes so much. I mean... All of us click into business mode and then ease off a little bit. You know, you, you get the person mm -hmm. at lunch or whatever when you're just shooting the shit. You kind of get that personality. But on set, it's it's just that professional side of themselves. And I would say it is a continuation. Um, very rarely do I meet someone off set, think they're really cool, get on set, and then I'm like, oh, my goodness, who mm -hmm. is this? Um, so I would say the personality is pretty consistent. Um, Can I talk about the difficulty in taking pictures? The fact that once a camera comes out, as with documentary mm, reportage photography, once there's that element brought into real life, things change. Mm. Uh, and you can have a model who's incredibly at ease and living so brilliantly and you're so excited because at <laughs> lunch she's so full of life and personality yeah. and character. And then it's time to take the picture and here we are now and it's all lit and all ready and <laughs> it goes away. But isn't that and job description number one for a model to be able to be yeah, somewhat comfortable? Again, yeah. again, they're not taught. Yeah, no one's taught Exactly, this. that's yeah. what you kind of touched on there. There is no... There is no CV and there's no interview and there's no 
like enrollment for this mm. job. Mm-hmm. You just are one day a model. Um, <laughs> and a young and a young person often, very young, yeah. often yeah. 100%, you know, almost 99% that you're a very young person in the world doing this professional job with adults, amongst adults, uh, with lots of responsibility for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have someone when you were very young that taught you, showed you the ropes, no, gave you some ideas? Um, I think I was very lucky for several reasons. One, I started working pretty young. I was mm-hmm. just work hungry. How um, old were you when you started? 14. Um, <laughs> Is that too young? N- no, I don't think so. I want my kids to be working at 14. I mean, I'll put them to work at 12 if they're willing. <laughs> 10,000 hours, 10,000 hours, guys. <laughs> the NH has a DNH hire, so if you're... <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Um, but not everyone. <laughs> not, not not everyone's a, a Jane. Well, yeah. I mean, Jane was that's ready. That's what I'm saying. I was lucky. I was used to working with adults. My brother's a lot older, so all that communication stuff that was not a challenge. I was also catalog mad. I loved my catalogs. I collected them like fashion magazines because they were free and they came through the door. And I would literally cut out my favorite models, and I like I loved them. So I think I learned a lot by just absorbing what they were doing right um and i think a lot of models can learn from the greats um the greats of, of now you know i'm not not so much i mean of course now it's a different generation but like like anya rubik who i referenced in our uh interview that we did before but uh she's just incredible chameleon of a model she always brings something of herself but she's just like so powerful in her stance and she just gets it right so, so find your favorite girls and kind of learn from them um dance obviously helped too so i was lucky that when i got the ball rolling i felt like i got it very quickly mm-hmm. but, but there were having people... a camera brought out didn't freeze you up initially or what michael was kind of referring to in the sense well the the funny thing about that and my friends do laugh at it is if a camera's brought out in a social environment it can actually and i can take terrible pictures with my friends when we're out and about like i would be pulling the strangest faces and they're like you're a model how are you getting this wrong but something about on set it's different it's like it's not even me anymore it's not really personal i guess that's where you say ego is taken out of the equation because it's very much like the model me and i'm i'm very comfortable with that and actually that's the side of me that i really like but there are girls that aren't natural models um they can be breathtakingly beautiful and therefore they will sell and therefore this is a great vocation for them to be in. But then a photographer is going to have to work a lot harder to get that out of her. Um, and again, that's why I think kind of go-sees and meeting girls are probably quite important. But Yeah, it's important. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult thing for the photographer as well. I mean, just in the fact that the physical aspect of holding a DSLR, big bloody cannon, whatever, in mm. front of your face when you're actually trying to communicate is a, a huge impediment, right? So at the moment, it's all supposed to be happening. You, Your face is right. obstructed right. from the model. Mm. She can't and, see and you. She can barely hear you. Um, mm. so you're also thinking about everything else that's going on. You're set, trying to lighting. focus. Yeah, I mean, yeah you're, you're in multi-mode. I'm all for cannons. Uh, the new dual pixel autofocus thing that will just follow a face around so you don't have to do that. It's one yeah. less thing to do. Um, we'll talk about those technical aspects maybe. But yeah, the just the general difficulty of here we are now in this fashion time to take the picture and and how do you keep living as if you were just offset? And th- where, where does the living start and stop? Just because it's we're here... And there's a camera involved, it shouldn't. And I think the great models don't see that 
that walled off area now I'm a model now I'm a uh, now I'm a civilian or whatever now I'm in my real life that they're able to live all the time even with the camera on them okay we're gonna take a short break inhale some fresh oxygen and be back with Michael Sanders and Jane Moore talking about collaboration on set between photographers and models stay tuned We hope you're enjoying this edition of the B&H Photography Podcast. Send us a tweet at bhphotovideo, hashtag bhphotopodcast. We are back. And a big question now. What is beauty? Now I would say the spectrum of beauty is so vast and people like this kind of, you know, quote the buck teeth, the gap in the teeth, the, you know, the Quirk. wide nose, the, the heavy freckles. And I, I love that. I mean, it's, it's funny because it's actually a double-edged sword because ironically as a model, I can be hindered by being too classic now. Like I'm very, very classic. I'm the all-American looking girl. I've got big blue eyes, blonde hair, and not that quirky. Um, so I have gone for jobs and they've been like, uh, you're a little bit too classic. How do you describe different kinds of beauty? I mean, and, and when you're working with a model or working with an agency or you're trying to get somebody, and, and mm. what what descriptions do you use that that are um, that uh, are acceptable? And, I uh, guess in in fashion we have all of this insider kind of references that if you're talking to uh, an editor, you'll refer to a model mm. type like yeah. an Anya Rubik who Jane mentioned, is a particular very sort of, um, I don't know, French. I would describe her yeah. as a sort of French chic modern girl. There's yeah. a kind of modern edge to her and she makes it look cool, but at the same time being quite classic uh, yeah. in, in a way. So she runs that that fine line between edgy and Beautiful, classic, mm. beautiful I mean, girls. So quite, words like classic, they, edgy, They will say exotic, actually these, very much what yeah. they think they want. And I, I sometimes love seeing these things come through on like a casting or even a call sheet. Um, I mean, I love it when jobs will say, come looking immaculate with clean hair, little makeup, wholesome, quintessential, uh, you know, happy so-and-so girl. I, I laugh with those descriptions. I'm like, great, great. Let's do that then. Let's be happy, wholesome, and quintessential today. But um, it's, people can be very, very literal, like, you know, great skin, essential, um, full lips. You know, I've seen it all written on cool sheets. So I think it's just... And will you not go to a casting based on descriptions? My agency will choose who to send the casting to okay. based on that description. So if I'm getting the casting, then I've already kind of yeah. fit their breakdown of it. Right. And photographers mm -hmm. tend to, like all human beings, have their own predilections mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and their own tastes and what they kind of like in, in girls, women, boys, whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I like cool girls. I mm. like girls who, uh, when photographed, appear self-reliant, uh, self-sufficient. Mm. They're, they're, not, they're not there to to appease the gaze of the mm -hmm. of a man or a woman mm -hmm. or whatever they're mm -hmm. self-contained and independent and that for me is interesting and yeah. how often do you get to actually call this shot for who's going to be in front of your camera on a given assignment i think as an editorial photographer you get a lot of a lot of freedom to make yeah. the and choice let, let because and what percentage say uh, of the I don't know, mostly mostly Most you would ex i would expect to I would expect my voice as the photographer who has to 
captain this bloody ship and bring in the goods yeah. to have the last say. Because at the, the person- end of the day, I have to do it. Yeah, but what about the person who's actually footing the bill? I mean, how often do they say, "No, no, this is what I want"? Well, I'm just curious. A, again, that's it's the difference a, it's between a, advertising, advertising or, and it's a oh, question of okay. it's a question of trust and and yeah. uh, editorial. The photographer is the one I oh, okay. I to. So it gets sure. a little, little dicier when you get into advertising. The, yes, the of course. And of the course. photographer themselves yeah. is, as I said before on on the last podcast, the photographer is the service provider. He is at the service of the client's vision and and delivering a, a, a job. And again, that's a fine line that a photographer has to navigate because I've seen great photographers almost kind of lose their edge a little bit around a big paying client um, because they're waiting for the client to call the shot. Um, I think confidence is really important for a photographer. And when a photographer doesn't know to call the shot, I think it says to everyone that he's not confident in it, so everybody loses confidence. I love it when a photographer can just like kind of not stand up to a client but stand his own ground and be like, now nah, I've seen it, we've got the shot. Mm-hmm. Because then the power shifts back into his court and you can, again, trust him to like lead the way and have the vision. You said his and I guess I, did. I, You're I, right. I, I want right. to get to a... Well, it's because I'm so here with my No, I, no I get it, I get it. I didn't want to call you. But, you I, just, right. but right. I do want to get to that... that the distinction maybe and, and talk about women photographers and, and how that like, changes it's the dynamic. Even you were talking about he when you were saying photographer. That's There's true. There's been a lot of... Did I say that? Yeah. Even yeah. though I'm, I'm I still like you. you. <laughs> I have, no, I happen to pick up on it. I did happen to yeah. pick up on it. Okay. No, it's, it's, been, it's been she and he in general, but understandable. And it's not... I didn't mean to yeah, call yeah, anybody. Yeah. That's right. And just there's, to get he, to there's he and he a lot as well. You know, there were lots of male men photographers who only photograph men or prefer to photograph men. I did want to get jump on a quick point that was made about um, working with the model and the photographer as the model and this idea of the gaze uh, that you brought up. Um, do you feel that you're being looked at and gazed on when you're the model on set or do you feel you're looking back when you're, or yeah, you try to look much, back? Yeah, I feel like I'm looking back. Um, I've never really felt subjectified uh, on set. I think you carry your own power as the model and I think you you're very much I mean it is true you're standing there and there can sometimes be 20 people staring at you and staring at the monitors mm-hmm. and the um, job description almost boils down to someone who is watched yeah of course a model is someone who is looked at but so i've had i've had instances where the model has actually said uh, I don't feel comfortable being looked at. Or I don't feel comfortable with everyone around looking mm. at me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, the job is that the, a whole room is assessing you and trying to, in you know, because there are different departments in, sure. in a photo shoot mm-hmm. and everyone has their part to play. Right. And so all of those gazes are professional, important ones making decisions about that end result and right. how yeah. that model right. looks right. in those clothes. I mean, I can imagine it unnerving some for sure. I think for me, I just literally step into my model shoes essentially and I know what I give, I know what I bring to the table and you have to stand in that certainty. A photographer can unravel you a little bit if their communication and their attitude or their, you know, whatever on set is not collaborative mm-hmm. and you're not working as a team. And I think that's no. when you can start to feel 
You you want to let's talk yeah. about it, yeah. And, and positivity yeah, yeah, yeah. again, it's going huge. back to this yeah. idea that the, that the photographer is sort of defining how the the, the atmosphere of that studio is is going. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's playing music, there's having yeah. a team who yeah. are very relaxed. Yeah. Let's not let's let's talk now about the huge importance of of the team and hair and makeup, mm -hmm. who are you know the sort of de facto psychologists mm -hmm. massers yeah, and the they, fluffers they of the of the of the industry who are making the girl feel really good at the beginning yeah. of Do the day. Do you use the the let's say the hair and makeup person as a go between sometimes if you want to say hey talk to the photographer. If the photographer's not um you know some days you'll just have days where the photographer's really not on anyone's side mm. and Everyone gets a little bit in the same boat of like, oh my God, this is exhausting or this is really hard work. And that's when the hair and makeup will check in and be like, are you okay? Are you doing all right? Do you need something? Um, and they do kind of become your team. That's rare and it's unusual. And I, I don't think those, I mean, sometimes those photographers stay around, but I think it's the photographers that can empower a girl and, and be on, on the same team as a girl because you are in it together. You're creating something together and you need each other. There's no one or the, I mean, you know, one might be enormously powerful or enormously famous and popular, but at the end of the day, if either one of you was to walk off set, for a while, there's going to be no photos. Erin, so. the great English model, Erin O'Connor, has a lovely interview that I encourage your listeners to go and watch on YouTube. Nick Knight, the great Nick Knight photographer, has a, a, a website called showstudio.com. Please go on that. Go on his YouTube channel. And on there, he has a series of interviews called Subjective. Look for Subjective, uh, showstudio.com on YouTube. And there are interviews with Nick and great models. And they go back through their work together. And Nick will ask, ask them, you know, what, what was that like and what was happening at the time? And Aaron describes working with the legend, probably up there as number one or number two, it's between Avedon and Penn of the greatest fashion photographers who ever lived. And she describes working with Avedon. Obviously, he was older. He was in his 70s, sprightly, energetic. And she said that she was charmed to the point of really fancying him mm. because of the complicity that he was able, this sort of naughty boy complicity between him that he fostered between himself and the model. It was, as Jane was saying, they were in it together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were the team. We have the power. Let's use it Well, together. what are your tools then? What, what do you do? I mean, what's your thing when it comes to getting, getting pulling <laughs> like things out of the Aside from the Avedon mask. <laughs> I tend to be, as you might have guessed, quite uh, expressive. So that can be a double-edged sword because sometimes I felt that too many words is actually not what it's about, you know. Uh, so that's a, that, that in itself is a fine line because if you're too in your head, if you're too intellectual, if you're too descriptive sometimes, one, mm. the model might not get it. Um, it might go over their heads. So I think it's, a, it's, it's, uh, it's all about intuition. And again, it goes back yeah. to the social skills of what makes a human being successful alive, in life or not. What are the, the successful people are people, people. You know, the, the fashion industry, is a, it's a people industry. And, and so the people who get on, who understand, who are shrewd, who are political, who are sensitive, who are all of those things, who are powerful, who know how to use power uh, to their advantage and getting the best for everybody. I always think 
I'm there to make everyone look good at the end of the day. That is my job. That's what I. But on, on a more specific level, with. if you want to get a models to to turn her head or or his head or or yeah. or, or you know adjustments of body and, yeah, and position I will, and I movements, will say, yeah. move your head, and we can talk. And the manipulation thing. Yeah. Also, that when is it appropriate to be actually hands on with the model? Mm-hmm. And, to, and I will always say, forgive me, but would you mind my manipulating your hand and moving mm-hmm. your hand here? Mm-hmm. And Invariably, the model says yeah. yes. Instead of you know me taking it as as, as read that I was that I'm able to intrude onto her mm-hmm. personal. I mean, sometimes space. a photographer will do it, and I love that. That's always my favorite when he when they come up, she he come up, and they're like, you know, try like this, and mm-hmm. they'll lie there mm-hmm. and they'll spread out, and it's always hilarious. And I yep. love it when a digitech goes and takes a photo of the photographer, like doing yeah. it. Right. Um, I mean, and that kind of that animation's really fun. You can be very literal with a girl. I mean, I can give you. D- do's and don'ts that I find personally help or really shut down a photo shoot. Please um, go on then. I, I mean, I think communicate and encourage are really important. I remember one of my early beauty shoots was a photographer called Frederic Farr in Paris. And he's like almost 80s style and that he's like, oh my God, beautiful. Oh, it's incredible. It's, it's too much. But he makes you feel exquisite and extraordinary and your photos come out the same. Um, when you're working with a photographer that's giving you constant feedback, like, that's gorgeous, that's gorgeous. And when you do something that looks great, encourages it. Oh, I love that. I love that when you were at this angle, it really, really worked. Um, it's giving you constant feedback and you are you know what you're doing right and you know the, the angle to move in. Or they go and review the screen, they come back and like, you know when you were like kind of in this and you're looking here and there's that kind of energy, that was really working. And How let's often go back do they to call that. you over to look at a screen if it's tethered and say, um, do this again? Or, or They might. Uh-huh. They might. I do, always. Mm, okay. Yeah. It, different photog- Again, I would say different photographers work differently. Some never like you to see a picture. Mm-hmm. I find that really unhelpful. But then again, I've heard of girls um, that go up to the screen and will demand certain things be deleted. They'll go through them with the, the techie and be like, no, I mean, some very big girls do this. And I'm torn because I'm like, well, if I did that, then it would mean that there's never a shot that I don't like out there in the world, which has got to be great. But at the same time, I think um, you can learn a lot. Sometimes I go up and see something on screen. And I'm like, oh, I see that, how the skirt's doing that. All right, that didn't work. Um, and it's 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 an easy, immediate kind of getting it. But there's things a photographer can do to really shut you down, and it's unhelpful. Like uh, if a photographer says no to something. I worked with a photographer once where he would just certain things to go, no, no, rather than shooting. And I wanted to be like, dude, this is digital. It costs you nothing. Like, okay, it was different when it was film. Like film was precious. We had what twelve shots a roll or twenty, whatever, and um, and there you had to be a little bit more precise. But this is digital. Real one often delete it. Doesn't matter if you don't like it. But his constant no, no, no. You get to a point where you're like, I don't, I can't move anymore, and that's really unhelpful. Um, and also the feedback photographers sometimes give. Sometimes you'll get, and this comes down to ego. Some people just want to have a say. Um, I've been modeling for a long time. I understand clothes. I know my body. I know I'm good at what I do. So sometimes I don't, there isn't all that much feedback I need. Um, And occasionally I'll work with a photographer who just needs to make a change or needs to say something. I worked with someone recently who just kept saying, relax the arms, relax the arms. My arms were down by my side. I was literally like, I don't know how much more relaxed. And the crew were laughing. The crew were (laughs) upset laughing. And it became this joke between us all, relax your arms, relax. (laughs) Because there was was no relaxing of the arms. 
And I actually never saw, it was with a regular client I have, I never saw that photographer again. And I, I think he just, he needed to have a say where there wasn't a say. So all of these things can really change a dynamic. And, and you had brought up the subject of, of physical contact and touch. And Jane, can you, you know, kind of go talk on that subject a bit? When, how, um, Yeah, how much? I mean, I don't know if I'm giving people too much credit, but I actually think it's really obvious. And I think we all know when we're overstepping a line. Mm-hmm. Um I have had photographers come up to me and correct an item of clothing or move a hair and they've done it with such authority and comfort and respect that never have I felt like a line has been crossed. And I've had other photographers, you know, that make out like they need to correct the the way the lace is lying on the bra and and already, already they know and you know that that's not right. And and so I'll just be like, oh, I got it Mm. and I'll do it myself. Mm. And I think my self-assertion keeps from ever crossing a line but I think we all know when we're in gray area and I, I would just say just have respect and err on the side or even if you say oh can you just you know move that or your you know bra strap's not laying long or even if you're doing nudes and you're like you know can you just move the hair if you if you say oh yeah not not quite right then ask permission do you, do you mind if I just move the hair for you can I because I can see it just always err on a side of absolute respect and you will you will build trust. Like I have photographers I shoot nudes with regularly and never, ever, ever have I felt uncomfortable in their company, nor do I not trust, ever. And it's just, it's such a code of conduct, a way of conducting yourself, not trying anything. And um, how would a, a photographer bring out more sexuality? I mean, what, what phrases or even examples of positioning and things like that? Uh, yeah, I mean... Again, this is what a model will bring. Some will have it naturally and ooze sex and some just won't. Um, and I that's think, that. Yeah. I mean, ch- you tend to cast the model appropriately. Mm-hmm. So if you if it's a sexy shoot, you need the girl to be hot. Yeah. Cast a hot girl. There's also something that's happening in the, in the industry that, that has made it easier for models. And that is that the, we've seen the rise of the reference, the referencing. The, the photographic, mm. this is what we're going for. And it's sometimes true. a brazen uh, showing another photo shoot from another magazine. Yeah. And these are the kinds of things we're going for. There's no shame now. It, probably in my day when I started out, you wouldn't dream of putting another photographer's picture mm. uh, yeah, on, a, on a polyboard to show... You're, you're yeah, you're off, so man. right. Actually, I've never you're thought cheating. about that. What? You're yeah. a plagiarist. You're a copycat. You're and a... now you walk into a wall of photos. <laughs> and now it's just taken for granted that yeah. you, the, be you this, know you're. Right? <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. what we're kind of and and so in that respect, models maybe have it easier yeah, I would say so. than they did in past generations where there was no reference and it was just purely about making that picture in that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, can we talk a little bit about how you would maybe influence uh, a photographer to? Um, get a better shot or, yeah. you know, so kind of the specific ins and outs favorite, of this. My yeah. favorite, I think I can usually feel the vibe that they're going for, feel an angle. My favorite is when they're discussing just to do it. And the number of times, if I had a dollar for every time I'd done this and it worked, I would be a wealthy woman. And the number of times I just go and lean a certain way or let the chop drop a certain way and just act like I'm hanging out. And very quickly they're like, don't move, don't move. That's mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And and in my head I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> but, you know, things like that. You know, you do have ownership of yourself and the set is yours. So move around, be free, try something. There's usually the safety shots, as I call them, where you kind of 
you know, the the things that need to be done. If it's a, if a clothing is really important and this like quirky zipper is really a thing, yeah, sure, angle that towards the camera. You know, be aware of your product. But then there's this element of play that you can start bringing in and you can start, you know, making the clothes move and moving yourself and being more in the moment because that became a real thing as well, the in-between shots, like the moments. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think a sense of play and a sense of just doing it Mm -hmm. and something will happen. And my favorite models have always been those girls who've had the attitude of, okay, come on, let's do this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they... They just do it. They mm-hmm. give it to you. Yeah. So you're just a happy recipient yeah. of yeah. great work that's going on and you're just recording You're just a remote trigger. You're recording it. <laughs> but that's it. also and a great it. photographer. Yeah. A great photographer when he sees that a girl is doing it and like I said, doesn't feel like they have to change something just to have a say. Right. And is like, awesome, killing it. You're, I'm loving it. This is amazing. This is so good. You know, And then add a little input. But with a photographer, they can let a girl run. With, with what she has and use the space mm-hmm. and is like on the page with you, that is... That's great. That's the, one of the, you know, the, the great highs of when that's yeah, happening. That and so nothing beats having the other person doing all the work too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Right. And you're, it's all gifts. You're yeah. just receiving these gifts from and the universe. And when will you, as the photographer, you know, reach, you know, ask the model for input? Do you, do you ever do that? Would you say, you know, what do you think? Or mm, I, does it, I, does it nice. ever come to that kind of conversation or is it more in the it, interaction? It's nice, thing? as I said, that, for the photograph- for the model to get the feedback of what the actual image is looking like on the screen. Mm-hmm. Now we have screens and we'll discuss mm-hmm. this, yeah. the difference between tethered computers, instant feedback, the model gets to see the actual shot itself, mm-hmm. as opposed to back in the day with film, where the photographer had much more control and mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. because there wasn't a team standing around a computer no with a 300% yeah. zoom tool right. mm-hmm. that they could scrutinize every right. little bit. And the, so, the, Yes, you're so tethered. A, I mean, I'm tethered, I'm all tethered the time, only or? because I'm quick, and therefore I like to see it as quickly as possible, so we can be efficient and yeah. go on to the next Keep shot. The That's the going. norm now, right? I mean, on most shoots, or, so. or not. I mean, it depends. The f- physically on a beach or whatever, yeah. you might not be tethered, in in which case you're just taking shooting to card, and then you give the card to the yeah. to the, the digi guy. The, the digi guy. But but that is always happening. There's there's it's rare when you're going to have a shoot now where there won't see. be a moment where mm-hmm. you'll go back and look before you continue. Having said all this, yeah. I believe we're re- right now in a period of change back to film. And there are not just editorial photographers and magazines that are insisting that film be shot again, but also advertising clients, art directors, creative directors who are foregoing the certainty of shooting digital for the whatever it is of the purity, the authenticity, the film, feel, or whatever it is, because I I can dispute this. I have a, a, a real, I'm on the side of digital personally, not that I haven't grown up shooting film, um, but I believe that there's a bit of a myth that post can't reproduce uh, the film. Yeah, that kind of gets me to another question for Jane to some degree, um, and we're both of you. Uh, when um, Do you ever offer input on something that doesn't have to do with the, the model photographer relationship, maybe the lighting, the location, or even the clothing if you're talking to the designer and how do you accept that if a, if a model says, you know what, I think uh, you may want to move that light or something along those lines? And how dare a I model mean, know about lighting? I mean, I <laughs> can't imagine a model needs to tweak your lighting. There is a huge 
power that comes with lighting. And I've mentioned this before. You can make or break a girl with lighting and you can have the best hair and makeup and terrible lighting. This is where it's interesting when you say it's going back to film because that's going to sort the talent out pretty fast in regards to how you light. Um, I've walked onto sets where I've been like, what? It's going on here. And then had one photo taken and been like, oh, wow, that's me. Like, wow. You don't even need anything. You can sculpt a girl's face and create a body with incredible lighting. And in the same vein, you can absolutely butcher it. Um, so I have been in situations where the lighting just isn't right for the job um, or they're trying to do something. I really saw, I feel like it's come down now, but I really saw a rise and rise of this like Instagram star photographer. And it would be like these cool people that were doing these cool things on their Instagram Color seemed to be a thing for a while. And um, clients would pull them in for pretty big jobs, trying to capture that kind of cool element. And that's all well and good, but there are certain classic rules of lighting that are very hard. I mean, one thing you would have heard me say with my interview with Michael, I did one job, it was a lingerie job, and it was a big client and an important client to me. And uh, the first shot was like this down light with a blue gel and then a silver reflector bouncing back up. And I, I remember getting on there and being like, well, how's that going to work? Like, that's that's not going to do anything right. So we shot for a bit and then I said, do you mind if I see? And I, I looked on screen and it was awful, really, really awful. And the client was all there like, mm. and I could see the client were looking at the screen and looking at me. And that's what's really hard because Clients don't always have the vision. Like a photographer knows what he's capable of and a model knows what can be done. And you have a whole portfolio which speaks for what you can do. But the client doesn't always have that vision. Same with makeup artists. They have the same struggle. Um, a client will, you know, hire a girl with very little hair and then give like a Bridget Bardot shot to the hair guy and be like, oh, girl, and say, you know, create this. And he's like, do you not see? She has no hair. Um, so this this is a common problem. But uh, that... It just wasn't working. And the other girl that I was working with, she was absolutely gorgeous. She had rich black skin. So, of course, it's going to translate so differently with a blue gel. Me, I'm English. I'm very, very white and, like, really, really reflective. So a blue gel just wasn't working. And after kind of blundering through about four or five shots and seeing that the client wasn't happy, that's when I spoke up and I said to him, like, I, I don't understand this lighting. Why are you lighting me from above? That's that's not going to work for lingerie. And he was kind of like, right, where should it be? And that's when I was like, all right, he's also figuring it out. Um, and I said, you know, just knock it to the side a little bit. You're going to create that beautiful line of the abs. You're going to like make the boobs look good rather than saggy. Um, you know, you're going to contour the face. I was like, give me a beauty dish. Give me something to make my skin pop. Blue is not going to work for white skin. And he was he was humorous about it. He was like, yeah, yeah, do. And she said, he just said to his assistant, do what she said. Um, and I was like, you're getting flare from, there was like a light that was hitting a window behind me. And I was like, flag that. It's coming up on the, and he just couldn't see it. And he actually ran with it and was very, very grateful, I think. Because I think he was uncomfortable. He was like this up, shoot cool photographer he landed a pretty big gig and the client was like eh. so you know you, you just have to feel it now, out you meant, you meant you're watching the client looking at the screen yeah. you can tell they're not happy yeah. were they making eye contact with you was there any kind of like a communication going yeah, on between I mean, you and them I mean I went over there and said you know how are you look? How is it looking? How are you feeling? And they were they were quite like, oh yeah. They were no. polite. <laughs> they were polite. Well, one of them even said to me, "I'm confused because I'm looking at you and you're looking great." She's like, "This isn't you, but 
like she's like but on screen it's just not translating and that's that was the point where i went and spoke to the photographer that's when you became an adult yeah well uh, with the adult of the situation there is an element of respect and i really do respect everyone's craft and i've worked with photographers where i'm like oh no don't do that that's not going to work and then seeing the photo and being like i stand corrected you know Mm -hmm. so i'm always open to that realm of play um and that that is what makes creating so exciting when you when you have that moment where you're like, dang, did not see that coming. That's awesome. And how much of, how long did it take you to kind of get to the point where you were comfortable offering this type of advice or, or input? Um, in that way, I mean, I and suppose... How, how common is that? I started in film. So in film, you don't have a clue until it's published. Um, that So I was blind to it for the longest time. And then when digital came in, that was all very cool and very interesting. I guess it was probably once I'd been modeling for about eight or nine years. Mm. And I also had the early, you know, things were lit differently with film. And you had, you know, you had those windows. Now you have a lot more room to play with digital and there's post. Post production mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. as, you know, as important as the photography skills itself. Um, I don't know. I think sooner or later you just realize that you're protecting your own image. And it's not in your best interest to not speak up. There's always a way of doing things. Is that kind of rare for models, would you say? I mean, Uh, how common? I don't know. I think you have a whole spectrum. I know a lot of girls that speak up and do things I would never dare do. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Mm -hmm. others that just don't. Um, So I think you really have a spectrum. And on the photographer's side? Well, I think something might be lost in the digital realm because of the the group around the computer as opposed to back in film days where it was the photographer mm-hmm. and the model and that was it. Yeah, the client was And it was only it. really the photographer looking through the viewfinder and knew what the shot was looking yeah. like. I mean, obviously, there was, it was the day of yeah, Polaroids. Polaroids, but yeah. they were sort of general lighting and this is what it looks like. And then, yes, exactly. And there were great photographers like Helmut Newton who would make a point of never showing the Polaroid to the either celebrity or the big model because you know you, you you it's a power thing and and you have mm. all of that control then the buck really stops stops with you and have you been in a situation where you were offered advice from a model and and you either mm. how did you react i don't know i think the the shoots tend to go um well enough in terms mm. of the the shoot itself mm-hmm. to warrant any kind of Intervention yeah. <laughs> by the model. What about your crew? Do you have a say? I mean, yeah, do, you, do, you work really, with, do you work with the, the regular crew, folks? Yes, mm-hmm. crew. As I said, yeah. hair and makeup really important. The hairstylist, the 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 personality of the hairstylist is also very important. Sure. They're yeah. the guys yeah. who are Same literally on yeah. set yeah. with the model, who is touching her at the last moment before the picture is taken. Sometimes they have the hardest job. Mm-hmm. They have the, the uh, hair is always blamed for the picture. <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter. It's it's so, actually true. There's kind of two things I wanted to get to um, and one is the idea of uh, like the rhythm of a shoot I mean how long I mean I guess there's all different varieties but uh, you can say that a, a regular shoot is a day's work and how do you do you feel like okay I need the first hour to just get into it and then the best things happen after a couple hours or at the end of the day yeah, or you probably don't how, that, start with your favorite work? shot don't start with your favorite shot because it will take a bit well of- uh, there are two things I'd like to say and that is um, my favorite part of the almost of the shoot uh is that moment before that the model goes on set mm-hmm. where the whole team is doing the last minute adjustments and the, mm-hmm. and the and the shoes are being put on and there's something really quite beautiful uh, in that 
focus, that concentration of people who love what they do and who just are focusing on this human being and trying to make them as beautiful as possible. And I really love that quiet before the storm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the second day, because often it's it's rarer now, but I'm still very lucky enough to have a couple of days to shoot a story. Uh, and there's the second day afternoon drag mm. where the energy is gone. You've taken a lot of great pictures uh, by that time. The end is in sight. So there's a relief. But there's just that little bit of, oh, we've got to get another well, one now. Creativity mm-hmm. gridlock as well. <laughs> and how are we going to sure. better the, 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 the eight that we yeah. did yesterday? And I think there's just a sort of, there's an ebb and flow and it's a kind of little dip after yeah. lunch kind of thing. But as a, the, the director, if you will, on set, that's your job to kind of it understand my that, job. feel that and, and, and work with I've it. I've got to eat something or something's got to happen. And usually it's just that the pictures are great again. Mm. I mean, it's really that feedback loop that right. you're I mean, all doing a good job and that it's all working. I think you can control it a little bit with outfits. Like I say, don't start with your best one because mm. you're always kind of figuring it yeah, out. Yeah, the difficult outfit. Um, oh my God, that's, that is probably... There's always one outfit that's a pain in the ass. That's probably but the, also one of the biggest things. the beauty <laughs> shot. Quite often the beauty shot is saved till the end and the makeup artist is like, why now? But there's like a sweet spot when the makeup's kind of absorbed in, the hair's starting to look really good. It's not looking just done, but it's like getting, you know, it's looking good. Um, and that's usually as you're charging towards lunch around then, you know, that's a great time to swoop in and do a, a beauty spot and also be spontaneous with beauty spots because you like shots because you can get really cool things. Like you're already warmed moment. up at that point too. You're, you're in the, you're yeah, moving. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think if you start with a beauty shot, the girl can be looking a little crispy just because it's mm-hmm. all fresh and mm-hmm. powder's mm-hmm. just gone on the hair. It's just been whatever. Um, but also when you say like the second day drag, I've always found it helpful. You know, there's, there's usually one or two outfits that you're like, wow, I can't wait to shoot that. Kind of save that for the second day, the afternoon mm-hmm. of the second day or, you know, all that 3 p.m. time if you've only got one day. Because 3 p.m., you've had lunch, you're losing your momentum a little bit. Um, save that shot for them because it will mm-hmm. bring you back alive right. and you can really create and do something diverse and, you know. Quick question about... Uh, when you're shooting uptight, like a like a, I guess a beauty shot of just the face, uh, do you direct differently in the sense of eye movement, slight subtle turns of the head compared to when it's a wide shot and you have or an a attitude? Body Talking about attitude is a big one. And yeah. photographically speaking, yeah. of course, we're uh, you know we're at a sort of almost macro range. We're mm. we're we're close up. We're, we might have a hundred macro lens on, mm-hmm. and the depth of focus is commensurately much shallower. Right. So. The model has to be aware that there is a plane of focus that our eyes on, yeah. and not to move too far forward and or, also, or back. Um, and you explain that if you're that? doing beauty, I think they they kind of. I I always say don't move too much. I mean, yeah, it's as simple as that. Keep it simple. Yeah. But I think also we can't like if you're doing a beauty shot. Say I've got rings and things on both hands, and I'm kind of going in for one of these. There will be a point where you're like, I just feel like a knob right now. I'm like, mm, you know. A photographer can see that and he'll guide you, like bring the little hand just below the eye, move, you know, this, you're blocking the light and only he can control that. So I think those micro movements are, you know, good to direct, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. otherwise it's it's pretty much energy and attitude, wouldn't you say? Yeah. You touched on it pretty well, Jane, when we were talking about the interaction with a, with a photographer, but uh, uh, we, do we want to talk a little bit about 
Time's Up, Me Too, Model Alliance, and, yeah. and any other issues sh- regarding I think, that? I think we have I, to. I'd, I'd be I think really it's, happy to hear what you have to say. It's the big, and, yeah. big thing uh, mm-hmm. of, of our time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I personally think it's a, uh, a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Pa- power corrupts. Is a truism that's as as, as relevant to to fashion as any other really, career. Really, it's really, human really nature thing, unfortunately. Right now, and I think it's a very fine line. I've had this conversation with a lot of people, and I think here's where it's really hard because there are a lot of men that push the boat out there and they use their power. And there are a lot of you know young girls, young guy models that are so hungry for this career and it means so much to them that they are pushing their own boundaries to try and, you know, get ahead or whatever. So you're in this really, really fragile terrain. But I do think, and this is where it becomes such a a fine line, you do have photographers which are innately sexual and love the female form and that is the beauty of their photography so I think it comes down to a lot of dynamics on set I think I think girls really need to know what their fine line is and not cross it I often you know same with when you're having a conversation with somebody I always think to myself if this was to be played back in front of people would I be ashamed my mum always used to say don't say anything about somebody that you wouldn't be willing for them to hear and I think similarly on set imagine everything was being filmed and was like on a and was like on a permanent playback if you're doing things that are giving you this like uncomfortable feeling in your gut or someone's pushing you over some sort of line Really listen to your body and and have the wherewithal to say, I'm not comfortable with that. And for me, I've never had a problem saying no. I I will just get up and be like, yeah, I'm going to go grab a snack. Like mm-hmm. I will just divert the conversation, mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. situation. I won't put myself in it. And, I, and therefore, I've never had that pushed upon me. I've never had anybody do anything like uncomfortable. I've had photographers I've said I won't work with before. But in that very moment, I'll be like, yeah, no, I'm done with this. Like, you mean work with again after yeah, you've worked with yeah. them before? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I do think it's this kind of awareness, and I think it really comes down but will, to— Somewhat willing to jeopardize your own career, quote-unquote, because is. of and that, maybe right? my career's yeah. been jeopardized. Who knows? I think a team needs to speak up, too. Like, that's I right. I think that's one there thing— There are enablers in the industry. I wish more people would shine a light on. Oh, yeah, you're always going to have people that play with power, and you're always going to have people that really— hungry for something and willing to compromise themselves it's the people on set that stand by and say nothing and I get it everyone is holding on to a job and a status and an opportunity that is very very precious but when one person stands up and speaks or backs up the girl or takes the girl aside and say hey are you comfortable Mm because if this is making you uncomfortable like I'll I'll be right there next to you on set. You Do you know? think that is something that might I mean in a, in the sense of going forward and would it be advantageous if let's say a group like Model Alliance or, or another said you know what a model needs an advocate on every set. I mean of course there's money and there's issues and there's all kinds of things but I mean what is there something you can think of with your experience on set that would uh, could lead to less of this? I mean. Hmm. Perhaps, certainly young girls. I think girls should be allowed to opt in whether they want a chaperone or not. Mm. I know girls who've had a chaperone for many years. I never needed one myself. But for some girls that don't have, you know, this 
ability to speak up or a little bit shy or feel like are easily pushed maybe an agency Mm -hmm. you know could flag up and be like this you know let's chaperone her for this or if an agency knows that one of their girls that is young is going to be working with the photographer i mean these photographers have reputations that long precede this me too movement so then maybe an agency can be like you know what Mm, so and so maybe she should be chaperoned for that Mm -hmm. i think that does happen with good agencies i mean it's a very big topic there's obviously a lot more we could continue with. Mm. Um, but that but we're, time's up, literally. Time is kind of Gosh. up. All right. Before we sign off, Michael, where should our listeners go if they wish to see more of your work? And is there anything else you're coming down the pike that you want to plug? I like Instagram, I must say. I think all photographers have to have Instagram. So you can check out Michael Sanders Studio on Instagram. I have mm-hmm. a YouTube account mm-hmm. where I interview models on my Ghosties show mm-hmm. on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Michael Sanders Studio also uh, and the website michaelsandersgoseas.com um, you're an excellent interviewer I have to say thank you that's really mm-hmm. what, what I want to show <laughs> that's, that's what <laughs> it was <laughs> okay Jane also uh, it was a pleasure having you on the show today thank you where can our listeners catch up with your adventures um, I'm on Instagram also uh, personally I am gem48 jem48 okay. which is my initials Jane Elizabeth Moore ah. um, IMG I'm obviously on their website and um, yeah and if you're interested in jewelry, I'm a jeweler as well. Yeah. And that's T E R N Y C. So say that again. I say that again. Say that again. T E R N Y C. It's the Instagram handle and the website. So the, there and you go. that is the English thorn of an English rose. Of an English that's rose. Right. Very cool. That's me. Very cool. And on behalf of Michael, Jane, Jason, John, and myself, thank you so much for joining us today.